Today is March 24th, 2018, and it is the March for Our Lives happening in Washington, D.C. and cities all around the country. So the question is, is how can we use an event like this, the March for Lives, gun control, to enter into spiritual conversations rather than just debating these issues and fighting over these things. That's what we're going to be talking about today. This is Coffeehouse Questions, and you're listening to Ryan Polly. Now, before we jump into our topic, I want to remind you that there is still about another week left on your chance to get a copy, a personalized copy of Desperate Hope. You have to uh, either uh, rate this podcast on iTunes. If you don't listen on iTunes, uh, go to coffeehousequestions.com, follow the blog, Send me an email saying that you followed it, share it on social media, and I will get a personalized copy of Desperate Hope sent out to you. This only lasts through the end of March. It will no longer be good in April. So make sure you get your copy, and there'll be a link uh, in the show notes on the uh, website uh, pointing out uh, what the book is. You can read a little review of that and all that good stuff. Also, uh, this is going to be a topic where there might be some interesting questions, interesting comments that you have. And so I just encourage you to send those in to me. You can send those in at contact at coffeehousequestions.com email, uh, Facebook at uh, Facebook at coffeehousequestions, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat at Ryan Polly 3 or text them in at 714-989-6927. So my last podcast that we, we did, we were talking about this idea of religious freedom versus discrimination, right? And I, I tried to make the point of, look, a person has the right to, to have the freedom of speech, to have the freedom of conscience, to believe the things they want to believe and be able to kind of voice their opinion. Now, when it turns out in violence, then obviously that needs to be stopped. But you cannot force someone to change their mind. Now, so one thing that we do in our culture is we do the marches, right? And this has been happening much more frequently, I think, maybe than in the past, or maybe I just wasn't aware of it. Uh, But there's a lot of marches for stuff, right? There's a lot of protests. There's a lot of people out there trying to voice their opinion and help people see maybe a different perspective. And so today, the one that's happening is the March for Our Lives. This was organized by the school in Florida where the shooting just occurred on Valentine's Day. And it is people marching for lives uh, and, and against kind of this, or for more gun control against gun protection. And so a lot of the signs, I'm sitting here looking through pictures this morning, and a lot of the signs that people are holding up, most of them say things like protect kids, not guns. Uh, but there were a couple that stood out to me, like you can't choose when to be pro-life. Another one on the pro-life issue is, is I thought you were pro-life. Um, you know, so a lot of these signs are, you know, we never want to see this shooting again. We, we don't want to see these things continuing to happen uh, again. We need to protect the schools. Don't protect, we're not protecting guns. Uh, armed teachers with pencils, not with guns. Enough is enough. My kids are worth more than guns. And these are all things that right now I'm not going to debate the gun issue. I don't want to get into that kind of rabbit trail. But here's the question is how can we use events like this to lead into spiritual conversations? And I think that this, again, this is a worldview issue. And I think a lot of things come down to worldview issues that maybe we don't realize. And so with this one, here's the kind of the underlying assumption is that the lives of children are valuable. Children are valuable, right? The sign I'm looking at right now says, are our kids' lives worth your guns, right? Are, my, are our children worth, worth less than guns that we need to protect guns over kids? And I think everyone on both sides would say human life is more valuable than guns. So here's the question is, is if we're in a conversation where someone makes these kind of statements, we can ask, well, what makes life valuable? 
how did you come to the conclusion that human life is valuable? And it'd be interesting when, when there are hundreds of thousands of people meeting around the country to hear what their response to that question may be. What is it that makes human life valuable? Why are these kids' lives valuable? And if they say, well, because they're human, well, then I think the next question would be like, what about the unborn? Right? We don't see these sort of marches, right? And, and don't get me wrong, this is a terrible, terrible event that happened in Florida with the loss of 17 lives. But we are killing over, I believe, 3,000, close to a 1 million innocent human beings every single year through abortion. What about their lives? What about their value? Right. Obviously, a lot of these people would say, look, this life isn't valuable. This one is. And so it would be important to say, OK, what makes it valuable? And when they, the common responses and there's podcasts about this, I encourage you to go back to listen uh, to the podcast that I did with Megan Allman. And I'll, and I'll post that in the links as well. But this idea of any kind of physical characteristic that you may put well when there's a heartbeat you have value when there's consciousness you have value when there's these things vary from person to person right more developed right and so there's the sled test your size doesn't determine your value a child is just as valuable as an adult being bigger doesn't make you more valuable level of development a, an adult is more developed than a newborn absolutely does your level of development change your value? Absolutely not. Here we need to protect kids because kids are valuable. So obviously how much you have developed doesn't change valuable. So the less development of the unborn is still valuable. E, the environment, where you are doesn't change your valuable. So in the womb or out of the womb or in a school or out of the school or whatever, wherever you are, it's not changing your value. And then the last one is degree of dependence. How much you depend on someone. These kids depend on their parents for many things yet they are still valuable. And so within a Christian worldview, this makes sense. But from many other, from the secular worldview, it would be interesting to hear of, hey, I completely agree. These kids are valuable. Yes, we do need to protect innocent human life. The question is, maybe we could ask, well, how did you come to the conclusion that they are valuable? Now, I want to point out some other things. So I was actually planning on recording this podcast before uh, this event happened. I think this goes along with it. Is there's, There are these inconsistencies in our culture that I think point to the Christian worldview of human value, but seem to be contrary to the voices of our culture, right? This idea that humans have value, but you can kill them if you want to. Here's another one that, that happened recently as well, is there was the Women's Rights March or the, even just Women's Day not too long ago. At the same time, our culture is saying that gender is a social construct, that there, there's videos of interviews and people say, well, there is no difference between a man and a woman, right? It is simply a social construct where, you know, the, the patriarchy, the, the men are trying to rule over the women and they try to create this distinction. That distinction doesn't exist. Yet then we go out and we have a Women's Day. Now, again, I believe there is a distinction that women are valuable, that we should celebrate, right? That we celebrate men and women and all people. And so there's nothing wrong with having a Women's Day with a Mother's Day or, you know, those sort of things. But the question is, okay, yes, how do we line up? Women, you know, yes, women are valuable. We should celebrate them. We should fight for their rights. The question is, is how does that make sense within a culture where we are saying that gender is a social construct, that there's no difference between men and women? Either gender is a social construct, there's no difference, and we shouldn't be having women's marches, or there is a distinction, and then we can fight for their rights. 
Another one that's kind of this conflict in our culture is the idea of the hashtag Me Too movement, which is fighting against, you know, sexual harassment. Yet at the same time, we just put out movie after movie after movie or TV show with these sexualized characters, these scenes with movies of, of one night stands and, and, and hookup culture. And, and I mean, it's hard to show a video or a movie to my students because almost everything now has some sort of pornographic scene, some sort of nude scene, some sort of sexualized reference, or even if it doesn't show anything, it implies that they're having sex in this sort of idea. It's almost impossible to show movies or videos to students. Yet at the same time, we, we present this idea that, hey, you can do these things. This is normal. And then when it happens in culture and someone hooks up and all of a sudden it's like hashtag me too, right? That we should fight against sexual harassment. Now, again, we should fight against sexual harassment. We should not be mistreating someone and sexualizing them. However, in our culture, it seems like we are giving a very different message. One more uh, that I've noticed that there's kind of an inconsistency of is that our culture says that gender, um, like it is, it's a social construct and you can choose your gender, uh, right? That it has to be how the person identifies. Yet at the same time, I see many celebrities who are pregnant and they go on the TV and they announce that I'm having a girl. And then our culture says, but your biological sex is not connected to your gender. And so I just find it interesting, and maybe, you know, if you have thoughts on this of why this is happening, but this is just one last thing that kind of just stands out to me. And I go, wait, if biological sex is not connected to gender, then how do you know you're having a girl? Did you look at the biological sex of that unborn child that's in your womb? Again, now pointing out that this is a baby in you because you want it. And that might be the argument. I want it. Therefore, it's valuable. But you look at an ultrasound, you see the biological sex, and then you say, I'm having a girl. Well, how do you know it's a girl? Because if I can't just look at the biological sex of a born human being and say that's a girl and then that makes me hateful and bigoted because maybe they identify as something else or I didn't know and I can't just assume my gender, right? That's something in our culture. You can't just assume someone's gender by looking at their biological sex. That's wrong. That's hateful. That's intolerant or whatever. That's closed-minded. But then the, <laughs> the question I ask then is, well, then how do you know the gender of the unborn child? And so these are just things that I think are interesting that can help us lead into conversations that when we see this inconsistency, we can say, well, hold on a second. Wait, let me, I have a question. How does this work? How do you know the gender of a child if gender isn't connected to sex? Or how do you know uh, that, why should women have rights when actually there is no thing like such as women? It's just a social construct. How do you know that this life is valuable? Why is it that we can't act out in these sexual ways when it seems like it's pre presented in a way that's just completely normalized in our culture. I think these are things that deep down in our reactions, we're pointing to the Christian worldview. We're pointing to that human beings, lives have value. Humans have value. That women have value. That children have value. That we should not be going around and, and sexualizing people and taking advantage of people. And finally, that, that there is this inherent distinction between men and women, and there's something connected biologically to what makes us who we are. I think these are things that are pointed out in the way that we maybe speak without thinking, uh, the way it kind of comes off, and the way that we respond to these events. But they are ideas, I think, that go completely contrary to what our culture is saying and presenting as what is right. 
Thank you for listening to Coffee House Questions today. I appreciate all of you who tune in, who download this on all the different platforms. I just encourage you to check out the website with the links I'm going to be posting. Uh, get your copy of Desperate Hope. Share this with your friends if you have enjoyed it. Help them enjoy it as well. Thank you so much for listening to Coffee House Questions. This is Ryan Polly. Your love will guide my